This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. We are coming off one violent weekend in the city of Toronto. Three shootings and eight stabbings over the weekend. Of course, the uh, mayor is constantly stressing that Toronto remains a very safe big city. And the Toronto Police Association President Mike McCormick was on the show today uh, uh, earlier with uh, Lauren Honickman filling in for John Oakley. Called for a more obvious police presence in the communities. Wants to wants to get away from reactive policing. We're joined now by Ross McLean, who's a crime specialist, security expert, former Toronto police officer, and uh, he also wrote uh, Crime, Power, and Politics. You can follow that on Facebook. How you doing, Ross? I'm doing good. Glad to get a chance to speak to you about this uh, terribly important issue, Kelly. Well, it's just scary. I mean, and where the stabbings are going on, it's unusual. You know, like uh, we had a stabbing at Dundas and Ossington, College and Bathurst, Spadina and College. These are areas that when I was in university, uh, I, I, would, I wouldn't even look over my shoulder while I was walking in at any time of day. Right, and they are going on all over the city, which is part of it. It's also taking place in certain postal codes. I mean, I went down to one stabbing right at the corner of uh, Young and Dundas. It happened when I was down in the area, and I'm sitting there. The guy, thank God for St. Mike's, our great paramedics. They didn't make it a homicide. They saved the guy, but six people walking along decided they were going to uh, do somebody, and they stabbed him right at Young and Dundas, where you can't imagine that there isn't you know, as many cops and as many cameras as you want to see. And I talked to the coppers there in the street, and I said, what gives? And they said, they think they're not going to get caught. They don't care anymore. Wow. So they are really taking advantage of the fact that we don't have a visible police presence on the streets. And, you know, I couldn't agree more that we don't because I haven't seen a cop on the streets in ages. Well, there's lots of factors to that. Mike McCormick, as you pointed out, uh, put out the one. There, there is a shortage of cops. I mean, I can yeah. get into explaining that a little bit more. We don't have enough cops to do what they need to do. I know that from talking to the police on the street, looking at the radio calls, seeing how their duty is done, talking to the staff sergeants who say they, they can't give anybody any time off because with vacations, court, training, they're starting every shift short-staffed. So there is an issue there. The next issue, though, is this this rising tide of violence, Kelly, mm-hmm. started, and everybody who was paying attention who cared saw it coming since January of 2015. And that's when the secret memo and the order came out from outgoing police chief Bill Blair to cancel all carding and stop engagement uh, with the bad guys. And you saw the shootings and the stabbings start to rise. I saw it. Mike McCormick was calling it out. I know Joel Warmington called it out and some of his columnists were talking about it. So this isn't a blip. It's not a surprise. It's not just a bad weekend. Anybody who follows it sees this coming. Okay, so now we've got what Mike McCormack is describing as reactive policing going on. You just react to the problem as it happens. And uh, I would assume reactive policing isn't as effective and also would lead to cop burnout. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, reactive is no way to do it. You know, whenever I talk to you about things, be it terrorism or whatever, you want to be proactive, get in the way and stop it. But that requires you interacting, you knowing what's going on in the streets. It's not very hard to wait for the 911 calls to come in, you know, shooting guns going off, you know, call the police. They get to come when they get there. There's nobody around to be found. You know, I mean, that sort of thing goes on. You need to get more proactive policing. But we've got a lot of politics uh, and, and sort of weak-kneed politicians that are getting in the way of the police doing their work these days. They're worried about things like over-policing, you know, the uh, the whole carding uh, cartoon, the way it's been made up for what carding was, which it never was, the way it was being portrayed. And that's what's getting in the way of the proactive policing. What does proactive policing look like? 
Well, it's very easy. You know, Kelly, have you ever, everybody, every one of your listeners can recognize this. Have you ever gone into a neighborhood or been in a place you don't know too well, and you see that you have to run a gauntlet of thugs that are standing outside the very area that you want to walk into or go into, and you think, hey, maybe I'll call the cops or I'll call security. I'll get someone to deal with them. You know, that's what cops do. When they see people hanging out in areas where there's problems based on intelligence, they go in there and they start talking to them. And they let them know that you're not going to get away with this. Right in this area. So they basically uh, are, uh, basically what we have here is a bunch of thugs bullying the cops. Well, no, we've got politicians that are, that are tying the police up. You know, right. they're actually tying the police up. And I think what people get to see now, you know, we've seen lots of videos over the years of police misconduct, right, where the police have been doing some things wrong. But guess what? Now the public is finally starting to see some of the videos of these assassin, thug, hardcore gangsters Scary. that we have in the city who are just walking up to people, and these are planned executions that they practice for, that they get the guns for, going up, putting a gun in someone's head, and putting bullets through them, or going up to a car that's got a pregnant woman in it, and firing the bullets into the car, killing the pregnant woman. Okay, now let's get really graphic for a second here. Now, there's a lot of talk, uh, you know, of people just on the street going, okay, what happened? What happens in a situation like that? Are we talking about gangs going, okay, you will get this kind of cred if you uh, do uh, a certain member of the population? Well, yeah, you are looking at that. Let's go back and look at the videos of that Fort York condo where there was the shootout. I mean, we all saw the videos of that shootout. Bullets are flying, and guess what? No one in the area living there decided to call the police and neither mm-hmm. did the security at the time. Well, I wonder why, because maybe you'll get a bullet put in your head for calling the police and reporting this sort of thing. So we got so, people terrified. You got people terrified. You look at the guns that they pulled off the street. I was down at the press conference for, for Project Sizzle there. You look at the guns they pulled off the street, 9mm, 40mm, automatic weapons, the guns and drugs that are going, and that was just one gang. One bust, you know, and they handed out the pages there. It was five pages, single-spaced, printed on both sides of all the people they arrested and all the charges that are going down. And that's just a sample of the gangs that we have, you know, here in Toronto. And we heard about that uh, young boy in his sleep was shot. It's just, uh, it's dizzying what's going on in the city of Toronto right now. I want to, Giorgio Mammoliti came up with a ridiculous plan today. I just want to play a little bit of the audio for what he says. He wants to start, he thinks one of the solutions is starting a gun amnesty program. Have a listen. I'm trying something a little different, and I'm pleading with the mothers, perhaps, or the relatives of those that uh, might be hiding the guns that have been used for shootings, murders, that sort of thing, and you exchange them for food. I'm hoping that that will attract a different person to bring the the guns that have been used for those kinds of crimes in as well. We're talking with Ross McLean, crime specialist, a former uh, police officer. Ross, is that the most ridiculous idea you've ever heard of in your life? Giorgio is a good guy. I like him. His heart's in the right place, but that's not going to do anything. Let me tell you the truth of what's going on. In these gang-infested areas, like where that 10-year-old boy was shot, what you have is you've got gangsters running around that have, just like we saw at Project Sizzle, they got lots of cash, lots of cars, lots of girls they human traffic with, and they're going around and they're recruiting young black men to take them as soon as they can see them to get them involved in the life. So there you are, you're a 13-year-old boy, you're looking pretty big or 14 years old, and you got someone offering you girls, drugs, all the money you need to buy all the clothes you want and all the status you want to have, and you can put that up against your after-school basketball program or these, you know, food cards as we're talking about here. You're not going to win against that. Ross, where do we start then? Well, we have to get the political will and get the politicians 
to get out of the way to let them do their job, the police. Look, one of the big things we've got coming up is just a week ago this Monday, Greg McLean, no relation to me, spells his name different, head of homicide for Toronto. 40 years he's put on the city. I know him pretty well, and I know how he works. He put in his papers, he's retiring. He's gone at the end of the month. And he is one hardcore cops cop, old school, good school cop, that we're not going to have anymore to help bust these bad guys. And he knows what to do. Chief Saunders knows what to do. Uh, but they have to watch out for what the politicians are saying. Well, listen, uh, the politicians can only talk for so long until things get completely out of hand, and then we're going to have to act. Well, we're going to have to. I mean, it's, it's coming, and, you know, we're going to see more of this uh, this summer for what's going on. The guns are out there. We saw even after the Project Sizzle uh, went down, we saw all the violence this past weekend. You were talking about, and that's why I'm saying those police videos are important. You were talking about young, ignorant uh, YOLO, you only live, live once gangsters who don't care if they kill a 10-year-old or a pregnant woman. Doesn't even cause them any grief. I mean, these are some violent thugs we've got. And we need to give the police the tools they need to exercise those people out of the areas. Because you can do all the little soft little programs you want with basketball, after school this, put a computer here. You're not going to change it until you eradicate that core of the problem. Well, Ross, uh, it gives us a lot to think about. I really appreciate you uh, joining us on the show, although I wish it was for uh, better reasons. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thank you. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.